This is the free edition of the Start Teaching Guitar Podcast, episode 140. everybody, welcome to the Start Teaching Guitar Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Schecksneider, and I'm here to help you be more successful as a guitar teacher by attracting more new students, keeping your existing students from quitting, and getting paid what you're really worth. The topic we're going to talk about today is G4 Guitar Network, interview with David Hart. But before we jump into the interview, this podcast is sponsored by Music Teachers Helper, the best way to manage your private music lesson studio. Music Teachers Helper is online scheduling and billing software that you can access from your computer, from your laptop, from your tablet, and from your smartphone that saves you hours every month, enables you to generate reports for taxes, and ensures that you never lose track of a payment. Once you add a student, which is super easy, you can choose to automatically send students custom invoices that can be paid with a credit card if you make that an option for them. Automatically email lesson reminders, late payment notifications, and lesson notes. You can use the free, easy-to-build website templates to help market your studio online, and so much more. There are so many amazing features that I don't even have time to get into all of them right now. But the one thing I like best about Music Teacher's Helper It's how it makes your teaching studio run almost on autopilot. Students can book lessons and request lesson reschedules online. They can log in with their own account and they can access important information like their lesson assignments and progress reports. And they can do that any time of the day or night. So whether you have five students or 50 students, Music Teachers Helper works for music teaching studios of all sizes. I originally discovered the software myself and started using it several years ago, and I highly recommend giving Music Teachers Helper a spin so that you can see for yourself how useful it really is. They actually offer a 30-day no-risk trial that you can test out the service and discover how much time you would save if you use it. And if you use this special address that I'm about to give you to sign up, startteachingguitar.com forward slash M-T-H, which stands for Music Teachers Helper, So startteachingguitar.com slash MTH. If you use that address, then you'll save 20% off of your first month if you decide to sign up after the free trial. All right, so now let's jump right into today's topic, G4 Guitar Network, interview with David Hart. David Hart has become a friend of mine in recent months. Um, We meet together via Skype on a regular basis, usually once or twice a month, 
and we talk about ways that we can work together to help guitar teachers be more successful. And I've been on David's weekly YouTube um, show that he presents, and now I'm actually having David on my show. And David, just in, in case you don't know anything about David Hart and G4 Guitar Network, David has been teaching guitar in Australia since, I guess, the early 1990s. And he eventually grew a really big music school there with multiple locations. And, and one of his big achievements was that he increased the size of his school by over 3,000 students in a single year. That's an amazing accomplishment. And so this is a guy that obviously knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a teaching studio. And he eventually started the G4 Guitar Network as a way to provide a leveraged system that guitar teachers around the world could join as a franchise. He's been doing this for quite a while now, and they have G4 guitar schools popping up all over the country. Some of you listening to this um, right now may be running a G4 guitar school, or you may already have one in your city that, that you're aware of. So G4, as of the time of recording this, it has over 40 affiliated schools worldwide, and uh, based on what David was telling me, there are a lot of new ones that are coming online almost every week. So it's a great resource. G4 is a great resource for guitar teachers who want to have a pre-built model, kind of like McDonald's, like a franchise that they can use to grow their business and establish something that's going to be successful in the shortest possible time. So this is a, an interview that David and I did together. And like I said, David is a friend, and I, I highly recommend him as a person, as a mentor. He's a great guy that really cares about the guitar teachers that work with him. And uh, in this episode, David and I, we have this conversation that covers topics like how to deal with some of the main challenges most guitar teachers have to face. Um, David gives some great advice for brand new teachers who want to avoid some common mistakes that a lot of guitar teachers make when they get started, and um, we talk a lot about his pre-built system that can help you be successful with your teaching studio and make it a lot easier for you. So, uh, without any further ado, let's jump right into the interview with David Hart and G4 Guitar Network. Hi, David. Welcome to the Start Teaching Guitar Podcast. Thanks, Donnie. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Can, can we start by uh, just having you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get started with playing the guitar? Uh, okay, well, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll condense it down into a, a short version. Um, I started way back, I'm 47 now, and I started, really, my first attempt at guitar was when I was about eight years of age. Uh, my parents, and I don't even re remember, I have no recollection uh, except for one vague memory of, of going to a guitar lesson with a teacher. Apparently I went for about three or four lessons and I wasn't practicing, so my parents decided that uh, they weren't going to go on with it. And, you know, my parents really, at that stage, my parents had separated with this at about seven, so we were all living in a very small place, so my mother couldn't afford lessons. Uh, we, we were really on that kind of poverty line, so... It just was a huge privilege, but I really loved music. My, my mother knew that, and uh, so the passion was there, but no direction, and, and neither of my parents played music, so they didn't have any idea of, of how to help me, or you know, and, it, and the teacher obviously didn't know either. So there was a, a kind of, that was a, a false start, and then when I hit high school at about 13 years of age, 
I met a guy who had some guitars and uh, we became friends and uh, because they were interested in music, went to his house, saw his guitar and amp and his, I think he had a Marshall amp at that time and a, a Vantage guitar and that was the time when Van Halen was just coming on the scene. Actually, this was just before Van Halen, where Van Halen came out probably about a year later and uh, at the time it was ACDC really was the main influence and then Zeppelin and uh, yeah Van Halen sort of came on the scene so it was a real kiss as well and it was that was a real turning point for me but I started on drums because he was a guitar player he wanted me to play drums so I, I did the drums and then I went to guitar I was really mucking around on his guitar and I didn't have any formal lessons I was sort of self-taught uh, for about two years, and then I finally uh, decided to go to a teacher when because it just wasn't working. I was hacking away pretty badly, <laughs> and, and yeah. So, so I had a kind of a that false start, and then I started as a teenager, and then yeah, went from there. Okay, so yeah, we have a very similar background because my story is almost identical. I, I started when I was like eight years old and had a false start with a bad teacher and. Uh, was influenced by similar bands. I'm a few years younger than you, not much, but uh, I was a big Kiss fan and ACDC, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting uh, how the beginning for both of us is kind of similar. But you mentioned that you took some lessons um, and that the first time you had lessons as a, as a younger child, it was, wasn't a good experience. But what was it like for you once you were older? Well, when I got to, I guess I could say my first lessons after that experience at high school were with the school teacher uh, and maybe a couple of the students, if you could call those lessons. But uh, there was a, a guitar class at school, but it was really not very organised and, you know, it was just people showing each other what they could do. There was no real technical advice or how to sit or hold a guitar or any of that sort of thing or how to practice even. But when I went to my teacher at 17, I, I really got lucky. I, I mean, I, the drum teacher I had, again, I got lucky. Uh, these Because I look back, and I, I, I've worked with lots of teachers. I'm talking hundreds of teachers over the years. And, and I look back on those two teachers, and I seriously got lucky. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the drum teacher was just remarkable, amazing guy, and very structured, very organized, but very positive the whole time. Uh, he, he made you feel that you could achieve. That, you know, because I was very doubtful. You know, in those days, I thought uh, you, you either had musical talent or you didn't, and so that was my mindset at the time, which we know is just absolutely false. But that's where it was, and so other kids who had been start, who'd started when they were five and six, I just thought they were natural, but they just started a lot younger, or I had musical parents or good teachers or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I equate it to say learning Chinese. If you grow up in China, you're born in China. Of course, you're going to speak to you're going to learn to speak great Chinese. You don't even need to be Chinese. If you're born in China, you're going to speak Chinese. Um, you know, and so that's that's the thing is that anybody is capable if you're in the right environment. It's 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 what I call 98% environmental, 2% you know maybe genetic um, because there are people who come every now and again. You see someone who's just got that kind of genetic trait of um, musical ability, and they're usually the kind of you know, the lucky ones. Um, but, you know, most great musicians worked hard to get where they where they got. But, <clears throat> sorry, to get back to that point, what, what happened for me was that I, uh, I, my guitar teacher, a guy named Mark Bergman, uh, still alive and well in Australia, um, he learned from a guy called Ike Isaacs, who was one of the top BBC session jazz guitarists at the time. So he really taught my teacher 
how to teach and, and how to play. And so he transferred that up to me. But he had, it was even more than that. He just had a passion for working with students and, and really developing you. There was, you just, you got swept up. There, there was no way out of it. There was no way that he was going to let you be uh, an average player. He was just, he just had this ability. And that's, that's what seduced me into teaching. Uh, that's why I became a teacher because of him primarily. So. Yeah, so that's, that's a great transition there. Um, so let's talk about teaching guitar. You've actually obviously been teaching for a long time, and you work with guitar teachers now. So how did you um, kind of get started? You just mentioned kind of the origins of you know how the seed got planted to start teaching guitar, but how did you kind of grow your business from there and, and kind of get to where you are today? Um, it was a pretty tough, long, hard road, I'll say. Um, I... I you know, the long and winding road would classically uh, be the, the great way to sort of put it. Uh, you know, when I started, I, I did what most guitar teachers do, and, uh, you know, we know this, and you, you know this from working with them, is that we try and do everything ourselves. We try and learn through our own mistakes. And the, there's, you know, there's an old kind of phrase which is, uh, you know, a, a wise, uh, uh, sorry, a smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from other people's mistakes. Um, so, you know, and I was, you know, I considered myself pretty clever in those early days. Um, and I look at what I, what was happening. I really I analyzed, you know, what I did wrong and how, you know, how I could do better next time. So I was always improving. That was just the way that I, I guess I was brought up, but the, but it, it didn't dawn upon me probably for, for at least five or six years. And I read a, an Anthony Robbins book and I realized after reading his book, I just got so much out of that. I just it really just changed my whole mindset. Um, why haven't I been reading books before this? Um, so I, I think I was at about twenty six or twenty seven, and I actually the reason it happened is because my business was failing. I was just I just found that it just wasn't working, and I was frustrated. And I don't even know where I came across the book, but uh, I, I've been reading different books on business. And but when I struck Anthony Robbins, it was a mind shift. It wasn't just about you know, how to do your accounts or, um, you know, how to get a bank loan or, you know, it wasn't the, the kind of practical steps. It was about changing your whole, shifting your whole mindset. Mm -hmm. And I realized that applied to everything, not just business, but, uh, you know, teaching. And it, once I started working with students, I realized that it wasn't just a matter of showing them how to play the guitar. It was a matter of shifting their mind to, you, you, to getting to understand, um, going from that as Carol Dweck, uh, puts in her book Mindset, which I recommend reading, uh, is going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And the fixed mindset is basically, I've either got musical talent or I don't. Um, whereas the growth mindset is, well, I may not have musical talent today, but by working on it, I can have musical talent in the future. So, yeah. so that that's really my, my thing with teaching was and where it really shifted for me in that kind of first stage, and there were obviously stages, but the first shift for me was realizing I needed help and that I wasn't uh, going to do this alone, that I really had to bring in. And then I actually brought in a coach and um, and started attending seminars. And, and now I'm perhaps a bit of a, a junkie when it comes to learning. Um, I'm constantly reading, either reading a book or going to a seminar. Um, every year I travel overseas at least two or three times. Uh, to go to seminars and work with different people on different things. And, and that's part of why I wanted to connect with you and 
you know, we've got a great friendship now. And because, you know, you're very knowledgeable, you know this uh, industry really well. Uh, and, you know, you and I are just sort of bouncing ideas and sharing things. And, yeah, so that's what I'm all about. That's how I work these days. So. Yeah, that's great. That's that's another thing we have in common because I'm a pretty avid reader of uh, business and self-improvement books and especially in the, the mindset area as well. And uh, it makes all the difference. It really does. And, and one of the things that you touched on that's so important is being willing to reach out and ask for help, but also being willing to, to pay for it. You know, because a, a lot of people, they just you know, teachers in particular, they just figure that they just have to figure it out. And if money's tight, you know, I'm not going to invest any money in, you know, hiring a coach or somebody else to help me. And it, it never really ends up working out. So that's, that's a huge thing uh, that I agree with you on 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're not like, you know, I'm not saying you can't get great free advice. You can, uh, there's, there's plenty of great free advice to, to, to be had. Um, but the, the, the reality is, is that if someone's not uh, invested in you, so, you know, when you go to a coach, then they're invested in you. You think about when you go to a restaurant, um, you know, the people who are waiting your tables and making your food, you know, if you weren't going to pay for that food and pay for that service, I don't know that they'd be that keen um, and they're certainly not invested in you. Um, and, you know, great coaches, uh, as far as as I can see, really do deserve to be paid because um, we want them doing more of what they're doing. We want them in a position where they can. And there's, you know, there's an old saying again, and I, I, I do quote a lot, only because I think you know, cliches are quite powerful. And that is that you know, you pay for your education one way or another. You either pay for it at the beginning or you pay for it at the end through mistakes. Um, you know, so I'd rather, you know, and I did that earlier. And I'd rather pay for it up front. Go all right. You know, you teach me how to do it. You, th- you think of all the time-saving uh, things that you've, you've learned along the way. You know, guys, oh, one coach that I had just worth mentioning, Jay Abraham, um, incredible coach. And, you know, what he taught me about business and, uh, you know, marketing uh, was just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, his, his kind of exponential strategies of growing a business. And, you know, here I was plugging away, putting ads in the local newspaper um, and, you know, maybe on a directory or something, but this is kind of pre-internet. And he comes along and just blows my mind away with all these marketing strategies. You know, he's worked with all the big companies, all, you know, lots of big-name people. Uh, so, you know, going, I spent, you know, $4,000 or something, whatever, doing a kind of four-day event with him, and I've made that $4,000 many, many times over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what made you decide to, um, to start helping other guitar teachers? How did you get started being a coach yourself? Um, I, I guess I kind of fell into it. You know, when I look back, I think there was no intention there in the beginning because I, I think this is with a lot of guitar teachers. Our intention is to play guitar. And, uh, you know, I was in high school doing my, you know, high school diploma, and it, it, it was kind of, at that time, I was playing in bands and gigging already, and I, I sort of decided that, uh, you know, I wasn't going to go to university because I wanted a career in music. That was where I was heading. And as I came out, the, the gigs were good, but, you know, we were the young guns, and, you know, we we got paid the bottom of the barrel. We were, we were the band that they called upon that had, uh, you know, we were young uh, and dumb and, and had no sort of pull in the industry, so... 
Um, but we had, you know, and not myself, because I, I, I was an a very average musician um, at that time, and, and I'd only been playing guitar for really for about a year and a half when we were doing this, but the the uh, drummer that I had, um, he was only 13, but he was incredible. He was this kid that was just um, amazing on, on the drum, still is, um, but he, he, he doesn't play commercially. But the, him and then we had a bass player who was older, who was about 30 at the time, um, and then my brother on, on vocals. And so, and my brother was really good, a really good front man. He, he's great at getting the audience. Uh, he's done a lot of acting and drama and stuff like that. Plus, he, he, he'd done a lot of what we call talent quests in Australia, where he had to get up and perform in front of an audience, a bit like a, The Voice or one of those things. Um, but he used to win them all the time. So he was all about winning the audience over. Um, and I, would, I won't even say he was a great singer back then. Um, he's improved a lot these days. But even back then, he wasn't a great singer, but he was a great performer. He could really get the, the audience in. He loved Elvis. You know, he was kind of a big Elvis fan. Um, but so we had that band and we would get we would get paid, but not much. We, you know, we'd cover our petrol, cover our basics. So there wasn't much money left. So I had to kind of get a job in retail to, to support that. Um, but the teaching was something that I started doing because it made money. Um, and that was the only reason. And then as I made more money through teaching and what, what, what had happened is because my, my experience in retail, I developed sales skills and, and business skills. So I was able to make mostly sales skills, but I was able to take those sales skills and apply them to my guitar teaching business. And then I was, uh, so I was enrolling students quite quickly. A- anybody who was ringing up, I was getting the students. The sales weren't the problem. Just about everybody called I could enroll. And so I realized, wow, this is building quickly. I don't need my retail sales job anymore. I can now um, do teaching. And that's kind of where I sort of got into the teaching. But the next step on that was that it became lonely. I felt very alone because there were no other, you know, I was working in a retail sales team, playing in a band. Uh, I used to play in sports teams. It was all about team playing. Um, And the reason I started a school was because, um, I, I felt lonely. Um, that was really the bottom line. So I, so I opened a school and, and brought in a couple of other teachers, and that's that really worked for me. That was where I felt at home because I had other teachers to bounce off. And I just really the growth for me of, of the teaching um, was for the really initially for the survival of the business because if you you didn't have good teachers and you didn't have you didn't have a good program, you weren't going to keep your students and it was very hard, you know, it's okay when you're teaching at home because you don't have really any overheads. But when you're in a commercial premises where you're paying a rent, you're paying for, you know, wages for staff, etc. etc. You need to keep students um, if you want the business to grow. So that's where I really got kind of I got stressed, I will say, uh, because it wasn't working. And I had to lay people off and then, you know, all sorts of problems. But then it's when I, like I said, that kind of Anthony Robbins moment of starting to learn and, and get other help and advice from others that I really started to to step up. Yeah, so. cool. It's a long story, but I, so, yeah, I won't go into too much detail, but that gives you an idea. Yeah, so that that's a, a great transition into uh, what you're doing now with G4 Guitar Network. Um, there's probably a few people at least listening to this or watching it on YouTube that have never heard of G4 Guitar or what you're doing. Um, so for anyone like that, can you just kind of give us an overview of, of what G4 Guitar Network is all about and, and what you're doing? Sure. G4 kind of it was an extension of, if I go back to that uh, thing about being lonely and, and not wanting to do it by myself but, but wanting to play on a team. Um, I want to say lonely. I don't mean I was sort of sad and lonely and depressed. I was just... I just was itching to play on a team. 
Um, and, and so I went, uh, you know, for, for years I had schools uh, and, and, you know, it ended up with the, the biggest, it's still now the biggest suburban music school in Sydney, Australia. And so, but what happened there is in about 2000, I decided that, that I needed a change. I needed to do something different. I'd done this. It was all good. And, and I wanted to be able to go to another level. And when I stepped out of that, I sold the business uh, and, and then moved on in about 2003. It took a couple of years off and then really developed it for, because at that time um, I was getting a lot into, you know, reading about people like Steve Jobs and, and uh, learning from those kind of guys about how, you know, you should really focus on, on one area. Don't try and be everything. And so I got away from this music school of teaching every instrument and just focusing on guitar and developing a program. And that was another thing which was advice that I got about develop a program. Uh, you know, you can't just be, uh, you know, Dave's Guitar School. What is Dave's Guitar School? You've got to have a, a product. You know, when you think of Apple, they, they have products. They have an iPad, they have an iPhone. Um, you think of McDonald's, they have a Big Mac. Um, so you've you got to have some kind of product. And that was where, okay, so I need to take what I do and put it into a system because it's working for me if I can systemize it. And, you know, this, I've got, kind of got this from the e-myth. Uh, put it into a system. That's where I developed. I spent two years developing the G4 guitar method, even though I'd been developing it for years before that, I really got it together. And then I went in and started the first school. But to carry on the, from what I previously been doing is that I then at that point decided I was going to open uh, locations. I was going to have a chain of, of schools. And so within that, that two years of opening, it went from literally zero in a new area. Nobody knew me. I had no sort of, uh, uh, you know, reputation because I'd sold my other business. I couldn't open anywhere near there because I had a legal obligation and a moral obligation. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go into competition to a business that I'd sold. So I went across to the other side of Sydney, complete other end, and started from scratch. And within two years, I had five schools and we'd enrolled over 3,000 students. And so... At that point, again, I was becoming overwhelmed and stressed because I had all these, uh, you know, these people to manage. I had 20 teachers, five schools, and it was just growing at a, a ridiculous rate um, because the system was work, were working. And but it was kind of like I launched this rocket into space, and now I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. um, what do I do now? <laughs> um, and and that's when the the idea for the network, which I'd had before, but this was when I really could have realised it was time for it um, because. Having a network was going to put me in contact with teachers around the world uh, who had a similar idea and passion, but were owners of their business. I wanted them to have an ownership in it. I didn't want it to be where they're an employee, and that's why I went for the network. And um, it's just working out beautifully. Um, we've got now um, around 40 odd teachers. Um, and last year at this time, we only had one or two teachers who weren't in Australia. They were all in Australia. So in this last year, we've, we've, we've now got 20-odd teachers in the US and the UK and one in Canada. And it, it's just exploding. It's in the last couple of months, it's really starting to take off because we've laid, and, but it's been, the, you know, a whole series of steps to get where we are now but it's but it's pretty well in place just got a guy from new york um joined uh two days ago which is exciting because now we're in the big apple um so we kind of got you know guy in california uh guy in seattle um joined only last month um you know uh, uh pennsylvania um uh, maryland so we've got yeah popping up everywhere um arizona so it's really starting to come together nicely 
Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you have this international movement that's uh, that's starting up here with G4. That's cool. Well, it's a bit like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of the um, you know guitar players, guitar teachers that 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 want to play on a team, really. And that's how I would put it. I would just say that we're coming together, we're networking, and we're sharing our kind of passion uh, for for teaching and learning from each other. Because you know most most guitar teachers operate like islands. You know they're they're, they're very much isolated, doing their own thing. And they're reinventing the wheel often. So, you know, there's a lot of work in, in setting up a business. Um, and to, to all that work that you're putting into sort of growing your name, your brand, uh, building, teaching, lesson plans, everything is this huge. Um, and to be doing it for one person, it's like building a restaurant to feed one person. Um, you know, it's a lot of work uh, just for one teacher. So, so that's where we kind of unite. And, and I spend, you know, my time literally 10 hours a day developing G4, you know, making it easier for these teachers to operate. Uh, which is, you know, it's like them having a full-time employee, uh, with 30 years of experience in the business working behind the scenes for them. And, uh, yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, so could you give some more details about specific ways that G4 can help guitar teachers be more successful? Sure, sure. I think the, the well, the number one thing that teachers have, struggle with is time. Uh, you know, when I talk to the average guitar teacher and probably the average person these days for that matter, um, they're, they're, it's the time that they, they struggle with. I don't have enough hours in the day and I'm trying to do all these different things. And time is is not equal for everybody. And so, you, you know, if someone like a, um, a Bill Gates uh, with Microsoft can, can, can run, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar business, as well as one of the biggest charities in the world, um, he can be, you know, speaking on stages every, you know, every week you'll see him speaking on a different stage somewhere. Uh, if someone like him can manage all that, plus he's a family man as well, and he's got time for his own kids and, and his wife, um, it, it, we could say, oh, it's because he's got money, he's got privilege, it's, it's got all, he's got all those things, and, and, and perhaps that helps. But it comes through leveraging, and, and leveraging is really what G4, the bottom line of what G4 is about. It's leveraging your, your time, your brand, everything. And so if you think about a guitar teacher and the time they spend, um, with, as a G4 guitar teacher, they often say to me, um, I want to do this or I want to do that. And, and I can say to them, well, we've already got that done. Here it is. Um, or if we don't have it, let me put it on the project list and I'll work on it. And, you know, a, a recent example would be, uh, you know, a lot of the teachers were talking about um, parenting, working with parents. You know, the parents, they don't, we want them to do their bit at home with the kids and the reason that the kids drop out and give up and stop, uh, quit, is because the parents are not there at home helping them with their practice and supporting them. How can we uh, make this easier? And I was giving them lots of advice and, they, and you know, one teacher said, that's great advice, you should put it into a book or something um, that we can give to the parents to read. And great idea, bang, let's do it. So we got down and, and it was really three of us that worked on it. Um, and we put this parenting guide together, 19-page uh, uh, guide for parents on, on how to work with their children, from young children, you know, three- and four-year-olds up to sort of teenagers. And that all came together in a matter of a couple of weeks. And that wouldn't have happened, you know, the amount of time and work that goes into putting something out together, you know that, um, you know, putting putting a, a book together or something like that takes a lot of time and effort um, to, to get it together. And to, to know that, that all the guys on the network can now benefit from that, 
without having to do anything. Um, you know, they can even just make a suggestion, and if it's a good suggestion, everyone agrees on it, or a few of us agree on it, then we can happen. So it's the prime thing that G4 will do for teachers, number one, is leverage. The, the, the second thing that I would say is the network effect, and the network effect is often severely underrated and underestimated as to the power of the network effect. Um, we, you and I are here speaking on Skype today uh, for, due to several layers of the network effect. Um, the internet is the first example. The internet wouldn't exist um, without the network. The network, you know, if there was only you and me, it, this connection would cost millions of dollars to set up. Yeah. But because there's millions of people around, billions of people around the world using the internet, the internet comes to us at a very low cost, very cheap, and that's the, the, the network effect. And it's, it's known as Metcalfe's Law. So the more nodes that come in to a network, uh, the, the more value it offers for each person and at a reduced price. So, you know, mobile phones are an example. When mobile phones first came out, the first ones were big, chunky things that were very expensive to run um, and were only privileged to the royal family and perhaps the US president and a few people like that. Um, but then now look at today, you know, you've got guys in Africa who, who are, you know, in one hand they're starving and on the other hand they've got a mobile phone in their hand. Like, you know, that's how... Cheap the mobile phones. <laughs> right. So this is the network effect, the Metcalfe's law at work, and that's really the effect of G4. As more members come into it, the costs lower for us and the effects and the benefits go up. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You're doing some really great things. Um, yeah, I can honestly, from just from getting to know you over the last several months and um, learning more about what you're doing with G4, I, I would highly recommend... Um, any guitar teacher out there who's interested in, in taking things up to a higher level and, uh, and kind of adopting a, a franchise model with systems and, and everything kind of pre-built that you can just plug yourself into, um, you guys have the perfect solution for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So kind of, kind of just to, to, to wrap the interview up a little bit, what advice would you have for somebody who would like to get started teaching guitar lessons for the first time? Maybe someone who's a player and looking for ways to kind of monetize, you know, their guitar habit like we have. Um, what, what kind of tips would you have for someone just wanting to get started? Uh, okay. The, the, the first tip that I'd give is to go and observe other teachers in action. Um, and this is something that... Uh, you know, I was late to the game on, but the, the by watching other teachers, I had an experience uh, of where I met a Suzuki violin teacher who was actually the parent of one of my students. This is way back in my 20s. And she taught me an enormous amount. And through through her, I started, you know, looking at Suzuki and, and the kind of things that, and I got a lot of inspiration from Suzuki and I have the greatest respect for Mr. Suzuki and then his whole program and, and what he's done. Uh, and, and that's where I really got the initial seeds of structure, you know, having a structured program. But when I started bringing in other teachers and part of this uh, running the schools is that I was able to observe uh, piano teachers and, you know, violin teachers and cello teachers and drum teachers and just different teachers from different backgrounds doing different things. And, and, and a lot of the teachers that I had were, you know, university grads um, that were, you know, working in high schools and so forth and doing teaching on, the, on you know, uh, after school or on weekends. So I was able to, I learned so much from observing 
And th- this is something that, that I think a, a lot of teachers don't do. I don't think that they, they go out of their way to observe. Um, go, go and watch some early development classes with kids. Uh, you know, go, go and spend time in a classroom. There are some amazing school teachers out there. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of videos you can watch online as well without even having to walk out of your house. But observing, it, yeah, it really will make a big difference and build your confidence to be able to teach, especially group teaching because I promote group te- teaching a lot, which I know you do as well mm-hmm. um, because, again, that's an example of leveraging. You're going to earn more money and you're going to be able to help more people. Even if it's not about money for you, that's fine. You, if you're a great teacher, then you should be helping as many people as you can, um, and that's where group teaching. So a lot of, a lot of guitar teachers say, oh, you can't teach guitar in a group. You know, that, you know, you've got to give everyone one-on-one. You know, it's all about what they want to do, etc. Well, go and watch some groups and go and watch them in action. Watch school teachers, uh, and you'll see that they very successfully teach um, almost anything that you can imagine in a group scenario. Um, the other tip that I would give is is to to dive into your marketing. Uh, don't wait for your marketing. This is, I, I find this kind of a classic is where a lot of teachers will say, look, I just want to work on my teaching and learn, you know, sometimes when they come to you, I just want to learn about your program for a while. So I, I don't want to let anyone know. I don't want to tell anyone what I'm doing until, uh, and my thing is, is that you're going to learn much faster. Uh, it's like learning to swim, get in the pool, um, you know, you're going to learn. <laughs> Uh, don't stand on the edge of the pool and watch. Just even if you get in the shallow end, it's better to be in the pool and to start. And that's with your business. Marketing is, is where you're probably going to have the biggest challenge, especially in the early stages. You've got to get students. You've got to get them through the door. And then once you get them through the door, then you'll be presented with the problems and the challenges. And that way, as you solve them, that's where you improve your teaching. And uh, and also, you're, you're learning the marketing at the same time. So you're learning the essential skills of marketing, selling, and teaching. Uh, you already can play guitar, I'm assuming. So yeah, you need these are the, these are the areas: marketing, selling, and uh, teaching that you need to be working on. So they're, they're probably the two best tips I would give. Okay, so how how can people get a hold of you, David, um, to get the latest updates and to find out more about G4? How do they kind of get looped in? To, uh, to your communications? Uh, the best way is just, just search for G4 Guitar, and that's the letter G, the numeral 4, the word guitar, and or you can go to g4guitarmethod.com, and that'll take you to the website. And on there you'll see it'll say teach. There's a couple of, uh, at the top, there's a couple of options. Just click on the teach, and that will take them to the page where they can uh, subscribe and get more information um, there's a, a free book there, which uh, the Essential Guide to Teaching Guitar, which they will get access to when they join. Plus, they'll get a whole series of emails and free information on uh, teaching guitar generally in the business of. And uh, you know, if they want to uh, email me directly, they can do that as well. G4Guitar1 at gmail.com. So that's again G4Guitar with the number one at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to get me. Um, yeah, so pretty easy to find. Just search David Hart guitar or G4 guitar. You'll find me okay. <laughs> on Google. Great, yeah. yeah, and I'll put a link to your uh, to your webpage in the show notes as well. Make it a little easier for people. So um, yeah, so do you, do you have any parting advice for the guitar teachers who are going to be listening and watching this? Um, I think yeah, my sort of final advice would be if you're going to do it, then you know do it full on. Be passionate about 
what you do. Uh, I, I think the reason people struggle, and especially a lot of guitar teachers, is because they're not really committed to what they're doing. Um, they may want to be musicians and they're just trying to teach to make a bit of money, which is cool. But, uh, you know, if you're really going to succeed at something, the, the, the way that I see it, you know, you, you see for kind of a lack of a better example, um, you know, if you look at war, uh, when they go into war, the first thing they do is they set up supply lines. Um, so they go into a place and then they set up the supply line, protect the supply line, so that then they can sustain their position. And so from a strategic point of view, if you do this in, in with your guitar playing, and a lot of guitar players go, I want to be you know, a session player, I want to do this or do that. Well, you've got two choices. Of course, you can just full-on focus on being a Joe Satriani, but Joe Satriani was a teacher, uh, by the way. Um, and still is. <laughs> he still loves teaching. Um, and his mother was a school teacher, I think. Um, but but the idea is that by setting yourself up, you know, with something that's going to keep the money coming in and keep you in a secure position, then you can focus on your guitar playing um, and your, your songwriting and all that. So if, especially if you're young and you've got plenty of years ahead of you, if you just spend a couple of years setting up your teaching business, which is an easy, secure way to earn money as a guitarist, opposed to becoming a rock star or a session player, which is highly competitive, highly risky, um, to spend a couple of years setting up your business and what I do is I'll actually show you how to set up your business and even put a teacher in there so then you're free to do whatever you want. You can operate from, from the internet if you like and be anywhere in the world. You can be touring. But you need to focus those couple of years on doing it. And, you know, it's the same with guitar students. If you look at it, learning guitar, it's like a guitar student coming to me and saying, I want to be a rock star. And, and, and I'm going, well, that's great. Um, but first you need to learn to play guitar. Um, so how about we just focus, spend all your time, you know, four hours a day practicing guitar. You're really good at guitar. Let's just do that for a year or two. You've got your guitar skills down. Now you can start becoming a rock star because you're solid. You don't have to think about the skills. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the kind of approach to the G4 guitar method, by the way. But the with the, the business approach, it's the same. Just focus a couple of years, get your teaching business up and running, get 100 students, have 100 grand a year coming in, use 30 or 40 grand of that to pay another teacher. You're still making 50 or 60 grand, and then you can do whatever you want. Um, rather than trying to do both, which is what I see all the time. I made that mistake. Yeah. You know, doing gigs, practicing guitar, um, you know, running the school, and all these things trying to, and they just, I never got very good at any of them. Focus on one mountain, climb that mountain first set up the supply line, like I said, and then go from there. Yeah. That's excellent advice. And I love that plan. Get 100 students, make 100 grand, hire another teacher to work for you, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. The entrepreneurial mindset. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, I just want to say a lot of people might think that, uh, that I'm crazy for having you on the Start Teaching Guitar podcast. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, looking at it on the outside, we, we might appear to be direct competitors, but we really do kind of offer two separate things to two separate groups of people. I mean, if someone is looking for, uh, for a business model and a franchise that they can join themselves up to and become a part of a, of a larger network, you know, where a lot of things are done for you, then G4 is perfect for that, whereas I kind of focus more on the individual one-off teachers out there who are struggling and uh, who, just, who just need to learn how to operate a business. And, and, you, know, and they, you know, they really just want to... Um, you know, maybe not be the best fit for something like what you're doing, but want to try to make a go of it on their own. So um, I think we, we really complement each other very well. Totally. totally. I, think, I think, you know, in, in your, and, and it sort of goes both ways because in your case, 
there, there are a lot of teachers out there, and probably the, the great majority of teachers out there, who don't want to be part of a franchise, who just want to run their own little guitar school, and that's great. Um, and that's where you, uh, that's what you do. What I do is I'm about franchising. I'm about, you know, playing on, on, on the G4 team, and that's not for most teachers. Um, it is for some teachers, but not for most. And, you know, I, I, I come back to, you know, never fear your competition, you know, your competition are, are your allies and your best friends. They're the people who who, who are going to be uh, the, of the most value to you uh, in, in, you know, overall because I look at, I go back to the days of, of, you know, when I had my early sort of music schools. I'd ring up the local music school down the road and say, I've got a student for you. And they go, what? You know, you're the competition. What are you doing sending students to us? And I'd say, because the student's not right for us. They're, they're not suitable, but I think that, you know, you could look after them. And the but it's you know it's all about making the pie bigger it's not about this one pie and then we're fighting for this pie it's that by working together we make the pie bigger and i would urge any guitar teacher out there to make friends uh, and connect with the other guitar teachers in the area because each of you have different strengths and together your big competition is youtube that's where all your students are youtube is your competitor of anybody it's not the guitar teacher down the road right (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we're kind of modeling that uh, with our relationship and, and with kind of the cross pollination that we're doing. You had me on, on your uh, on your weekly um, you know show that you do. And now I'm having you here on mine. So uh, hopefully yeah. the guitar teachers who are watching this will, will do take cues from that and go out and network with people and uh, be more successful as a result. So excellent. Yeah. So hey, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. Um, it was it was great talking with you. And uh, We'll catch you next Absolute time. Absolute pleasure, Donna. Absolute pleasure. It's great, great talking to you every time. We, you know, the last thing I'd say is to the guys out there is that we we catch up about once a month, um, and yeah, we're always sharing ideas and um, yeah, it's always always good talking to you. Great, thank you, David. Thanks, Donny. All right, that's all for this episode of the free edition of the Start Teaching Guitar podcast. I just want to thank everyone for listening today. To get access to more great training resources to help you grow your teaching studio, make sure you visit stgallaccess.com. All right, so this has been the free edition of episode 140 of the Start Teaching Guitar podcast with your host, Donnie Schechsenheider. That's me. Until next time, keep on teaching. to the Start Teaching Guitar podcast with Donnie Schechsneider. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, www.startteachingguitar.com, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the podcast page on our website to listen to previous episodes of the show. Join us next time for another edition of the Start Teaching Guitar podcast.